Herbal Essences is on a mission to bring the positive power of plants to keep hair beautiful and healthy with products you'll love using. These products are not only free from sulfates, parabens, and dyes, and certified PETA cruelty-free, but they are also full of naturally derived ingredients for healthier, moisturized hair. We all know that winter can leave our hair feeling super dry. Herbal Essences' potent aloe and hemp shampoo and conditioner and argan oil and aloe hair mist work together to hydrate and moisturize hair for fantastic frizz control. Not to mention, Herbal Essence's sustainably harvest potent aloe is uniquely certified by the plant experts at the Royal Botanic Gardens, and it provides extra moisture for your hair. Look for the Herbal Essence's potent aloe collections green bottles at food and drugstores or mass retailers near you, or you can visit herbalessences.com to learn more. Hi, I'm Alex L., and I write books for a living. The Hey Girl podcast was created with sisterhood and storytelling in mind. Hey girl. Hey girl. Hey girl. Hey girl. (laughs) I'll be sitting down with some phenomenal women to discuss love. I believe we grew distant out of love of some type. Like, I don't want to hurt you. Loss. You know, the deeper you go, the more things come up. And a topic very important to my work self-care. Freedom is self-care. It's not about pedicures. It's not about clothing. It's not about trips. Join us as we journey through sharing together. Hey girls, I am back in the studio. Can you tell uh, the sound quality is much better than in my closet? Um, It has been so hard being away, but I'm really, really happy to be back. The baby is adjusting very well. I'm actually six weeks postpartum today, and Isla is at home uh, with her dad, hopefully not giving him too much of a hard time. But um, it's it's awesome to be back in the studio and recording season three of the Hey Girl podcast. Uh, We could not be where we are today without you. Thank you all so much for listening, for sharing, and for finding yourselves um, in other women's stories, because that is what... The Hey Girl podcast is about it is about building community through storytelling and building sisterhood through storytelling. And hopefully, you know, we see ourselves in um, these stories that are shared. So with all of that being said, I um, kicked off my chat today uh, for season three with um, chef and author Jarell Guy of Chocolate for Basil, a wonderful, wonderful woman, awesomely talented photographer and um, and chef. Her story is pretty remarkable, and I highly recommend you go get her new book, Black Girl Baking. It is equipped with everything you need to be hands-on in the kitchen, and, you know, representation matters. So for us women of color, seeing another black woman share her story through food and language is phenomenal. Today, Jarell and I talk about self-care in the kitchen, self-celebration through food, and creating an escape through food. We touch on a lot of different things, like how she got started, when she got started, and what was her first pivotal moment in the food space. And she tells a lovely story about some bonding that she shared with her mom. So I hope you guys enjoy this episode. It is wonderful. Hey, girl. Hey, girl. How are you this morning? It's so good to have you on the show. I am so excited to be here. (laughs) You are our first guest of season three, and I could not be more excited. This is coming at a great time, too, because (laughs) you just released a book, yes? 
Yes, I did. I did. And I'm super excited. I have butterflies. I think I've had butterflies for an entire month now <laughs> since it's released. Uh, but yeah, no, it's it's amazing. And I wanted you on the back cover of it. Oh my gosh, <laughs> I, like, yes. I called you immediately because I just think that, you know, like the things that you talk about, they they touched me so much. And I think that although we are in different spaces, you know, mm-hmm. like you I, I am in the food space and you're in, I mean, they're both the wellness space. Absolutely. I, I just feel like I, I wanted, I wanted to speak to people that I think look up to you too, you know, because that's really, you know, I wanted to merge both of those faces. Well, I had a fangirl moment when you asked me to put a blurb on the back of your book. So I am honored to have my words there and the book is stunning. I ordered um I ordered a copy and you sent me a copy and they're just wonderful. <laughs> you did order one? I did, I did. Um so before we dive into chocolate for basil and black girl baking, please tell the Hey Girl listeners a little bit about yourself. Oh my gosh, I feel like that's such a loaded question. <laughs> I I so I, I food blog, like I have a food blog. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's really just a space where I can have casual conversations about what I'm cooking with, with my partner mm-hmm. who is a vegetarian. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and yeah, so it's just, it's just a, a, a loose space mm-hmm. and I have fun creating content and, and sharing whatever I'm doing in the kitchen space. Um, and I also do food photography mm-hmm. and I think I get to play a lot on my Instagram mm-hmm. chocolate for basil, mm-hmm. um, and, and just share beautiful, um, inspired, you know, uh, food. Awesome. So I, I basically am just playing, playing all day in the kitchen. And I think that's, that's what I want to continue to do is just have fun with this, this medium and, and get people inspired to, 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 to come back into the kitchen and do their own things. So when did you decide to start chocolate for basil online? Did you start the blog first or did you start your social media account first? Both of which are swoon worthy. I literally go on your page (laughs) and I try not to stalk and like, like everything, but I'm like these photos are stunning and just the food looks great what Um, came first i i I started the blog first i started chocolate for basil back in 2012 um and it started as a food food traveling blog Mm -hmm. (laughs) it was just it was very loose but i started it because of the relationship that i was in at the time um it was it was a bad relationship mm-hmm. and it was um kind of sucking me dry and it was is just really intense and a young situation and and I started the blog as a way to kind of escape from that mm-hmm. um and and it started off as me traveling up the east coast and I would just write wherever I uh, wherever we ate mm-hmm. um but but just writing about food writing about something that I you know, I really didn't know much about it at the time, you know, yeah. like I was such an amateur, <laughs> but, but I knew that I was passionate about it. And I knew that I could tell you what I was um, experiencing, you know, like textures and things like that. And I, and I, I knew what my body was telling me was going on with the food, but you know, like I, I wasn't, I wasn't like these other food bloggers. Right. And, um, and I kind of just, I, I mean, that didn't stop me from doing it, but I, but I did, I just 
wrote about, you know, I, I remember I started it when I moved to Dallas right after I graduated from uh, college. Mm-hmm. And uh, the first and I'm the first post that I wrote about was tortilla chips. Mm-hmm. And I just, you know, like it was just really random, but it was um, a, a, it was so therapeutic for me. You know, like I just enjoyed talking about my this really mundane seemingly mundane experience at a restaurant eating tortilla chips. But for me, I I didn't eat tortilla chips. Like this was really new. So it it was an ingredient that I, I felt like was worthy of, you know, like highlighting, like this is, I don't sit around eating tortilla chips all the time, but this is something that people do in Texas. Like this is, you know, like their appetizer. And that was fun for me to to kind of make comments on that. That is amazing to hear because we often find um, ourselves in these hard situations and bringing light to them through tapping into self-care and self-love. So it seems like that's what you did specifically in this relationship that you were in, you know, that you needed to fill yourself up in some way. I want to kind of talk about that. Um, How did you decide that, you know, you were going to, dive into the food space as a way of therapy and a way kind of a way to escape what you were going through in your relationship like why food why not yeah, something well, else well just for since I was a little girl I mean I, I think back to my first memory with my mom mm-hmm. um, my first memory of just loving food like this is when I decided that I like it was, it was something that stood out more than other things in my life was, was, um, a memory with my mom, um, sharing this food from her Island. She's from, she's from Guam. So she's from the Micronesian islands Mm -hmm. and, uh, the food there, um, is like, it's, it has American influences because it's a U.S. territory, Mm -hmm. um, and an army base, but it also has Portuguese and Spanish influence and, and, um, uh, Filipino influence. Mm-hmm. And I remember when she came to the States to live with my dad, my dad is very, um, he, he's, you know, like he's a Southern boy, mm-hmm. you know, like he loves soul food. He loves, um, he, he's just very traditional and he's very rigid. Like he won't, he won't shift out of that, you know, like, so it, <laughs> so, so for my mom, you know, coming from, from her Island, which she grew up very poor, you know, like she grew up, um, on a, like she lived on a, a an abandoned bus like they uh they farmed all of their ingredients they grew everything it was just very you know uh, uh self you know like sustaining mm-hmm. and uh and she brought these you know it, it, it so so i guess she had uh her comfort food you know like i know that she was really into comfort food because this was her escape from her situation too right. you know like right. she she came from an abusive family and and her mother passed when she was six so there's just like this really bad memories that she had in her and food was her escape and uh because she was poor a lot of canned food like canned meats and things like that mm-hmm. were were uh like expensive there you know like american canned like uh corned beef and hash and like spam all of these things were like luxury like like indulgences for her and so when she brought them yeah and so when she brought them to the states this was how she indulged in in this was how she kind of grounded herself and comforted herself um 
when she came to America. And I, and I noticed that when she would share her ingredients with me, I like, I was so receptive because I wasn't a picky eater at all. And I loved tasting her food. And I remember just being really blown away by this one. Um, this is the memory. She made a yolky egg sandwiches. Mm. So she would just fry an egg. It was super simple, super cheap. She would fry an egg and put a, a little bit of pepper and some salt. And then she would turn it over to kind of seal the egg in, the egg yolk in. And then she would sandwich it between two soft white pieces of bread. And, and the soft bread was like a luxury to her too, because this was something that she didn't have growing up. And then she would squeeze ketchup, like so much ketchup on top of the sandwich. <laughs> and then she would sit me on her lap and feed me the sandwich from a plate, like cutting it with the side of a fork. Mm. And I I would just grow with anticipation, waiting for this yolk to just pull out and, you know, like spill over, spill into the plate and into the ketchup. And we would sop it up with the side of the fork and we would take turns, you know, biting from biting from the sandwich. And and I was just that was the first time I remember craving something, mm. you know, like like craving and being impatient while it fried and being impatient while she cut it. And like, you know, she would take a bite and I would be impatient, and you know, like. I really wanted my bite, you know? Yes. And so there was this bonding that was happening in that moment. And mm -hmm. she, like, she told me later, like, I really loved how much you loved my food, you know? Like, how much I didn't judge her food, you know? Mm. Like, this was her identity, you know, this, this, this stuff that she came back to share. And nobody else in the family really accepted it except for me. And there was this bonding that happened because of that, you know? And so... I don't know. So I so that is my memory of like loving food. And I feel like I kept that with me forever. You know, like I've always like just appreciated it more than anything else, you know, like and I think um, and I think, you know, like baking, baking, getting into this, getting into getting into this rhythm in the kitchen, yeah. you know, cooking. Uh, it It's just become my safe space. Mm -hmm. It's become a place where I can. Um, kind of tune out the rest of the world yeah. um, and, and, and be really self-reflective. And I think that as, as, a, uh, as a sensitive person, mm -hmm. you know, like I think anybody who cares about self-care and about emotional and mental health figures out quickly early on in their life, you know, how to create a safe space for themselves, you Absolutely. know, and how to tap into that constantly. Mm -hmm. And so that was, that was for me, that was food. That was the kitchen. That was art. You know, that was anything where I could express myself mm -hmm. because I, I didn't necessarily have that, that space to express myself, um, in, in, in the family, uh, social environment that I grew up in. And, and, and so, I saw early on that there, there was no conflict about me being in those spaces. Um, and so it, it was just an easy kind of move into, into cooking, you know, no one challenged me. Yeah. And, um, and I think, and I think, I mean, there's just a, a lot going on there with like women being in the kitchen and, you know, that being, um, a, a place, I think, I think what's important to take from it and what I've taken from it is that, women are so resourceful, you know, yes. like we are given these cramped spaces, you know, like we're given little spaces, um, uh, to kind of navigate and, you know, places where say, okay, that's, that's okay for you to exist. Mm 
and we take it and we make it into something that's so empowering, you know, like something that is transformative from, for us. Yes. And, um, and so that's, that's, that's kind of what I see like happening a lot, you know, like I see that happening in, uh, in, 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 in social media spaces, you know, like women carving spaces for themselves. And, and I think, okay, so the book is called Black Girl Baking yes. and it's inspired by the hashtag Black Girl Magic. Mm-hmm. And I, I feel like that's what that hashtag is doing, you know, like it's carving space for black women to kind of exist and appreciate ourselves and reflect together like collectively and I think that you know like I just watch you know all of us kind of carve these spaces for us to just be and like explore ourselves and discover who we are and like love on ourselves you know and um and yeah so so I think you know it's just it's just, you know, we're making magic and everybody's in their own lane, but we're all looking at each other and, 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 and being inspired by each other. Yes. I loved, <laughs> I loved hearing that. I loved hearing that because it's important that we touch on all these different things. And I was writing down um, just some key points that I wanted to circle back on with you because um, what stuck out for me with you was how unapologetic you've been about sharing not only your love for food, um, your talent for photography, but also naming your book, Black Girl Baking. When I saw that, I was like, yes, like this needs to be on shelves. And I want to talk a little bit. We're going to circle back to the whole um, self-care, self-reflection while in the kitchen, because I think that's important. But I also want to talk about representation in the food space. Um, what kind of made me cling to you and your work is that you look like me and that you are a woman of color. And it's rare that we see women of color in the food space um, and really doing what they love. I mean, black women have been in the kitchen and cooking and making magic with their hands in regards to food for ever. And I wanted mm. I wanted to talk with you just about the the history of black women in the kitchen and also yeah. how the represent how you want your work to be seen as a woman of color and how important the representation is to you. Um did you get any pushback from anyone about naming the book something very it's it's very to the point black girl baking how was that for you and and how did that all come to fruition for you um well the idea came to me uh back in 2016 um and and the goal with it was to right it was representation Mm -hmm. i felt like i wanted to kind of claim, I, I wanted to claim the space. I wanted to feel pride in the space. And I wanted to say, you know, that we don't have to do things in this standard way, yeah. you know, to be, to be, to be, uh, to be celebrated, you know? Mm-hmm. And I guess that, that, that's what it really is about. I, I don't feel, I feel like, recipes and things like this, um, they're so rigid, you know, they're so rigid and they're, so, they don't 
allow for creativity and, and, and flexibility and um, just being, being ourselves, you know? Yeah. I, I feel like I look at a lot of um, African recipes, you mm-hmm. know? And I see, I see so, so many similarities in the way that we think about ingredients. You know, there's so much creativity, there's so much self-expression, there's so much movement and rhythm, and, 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 and it's not kind of, like, you know, polished down to right. this thing that somebody can take and, and, like, translate in their own space. And, like, you know, we're not measured by that. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I think that I, I wanted to open that conversation up. I wanted to talk about the beauty of being, you know, being expressive in the kitchen. You yeah. know, the beauty, uh, the, the magic that happens there without without having this conversation with, you know, a, a, a white person in their kitchen, you know, like I, right. I wanted to talk to, right. to, to black people because I also, I noticed that when I speak to a lot of, you know, a lot of black cooks, mm-hmm. they're like, oh, I cook, I don't bake, you know, mm-hmm. baking is so, mm-hmm. it's so rigid, it's so scientific, it's so all of these things. And, mm-hmm. and I feel like I wanted to make it accessible, you know, like I wanted to say, we don't, you know, like why, why though? Because there's so much beauty to be gained. There's so much help in therapy and like, you know, like, is so much going on in that space, you know, when I think about kneading bread and how much that can relax me and just mm-hmm. bring me in and it make me feel in touch with my body and make me appreciate the moment and like release, you know, a lot, lots of anger, you know, like things like this. I, I feel like people should have access to that. People should know that that exists and that, you know, that that's another area that we can, that we can get in and like, and, 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 and take advantage of. Mm-hmm. And so I kind of wanted to, and that's why the book is, is sectioned by the senses because I want to move away from the recipe. And I really encourage people to kind of think about food, not in, in, in such a, like, like I need to measure and weigh and all these things because my grandma didn't do that. You know what I mean? And yeah. she fed us and it was delicious. And it was all of these, you know, like it, 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 it was beautiful just as it was, you yes. know, and it didn't require, you know, all of these other people signing off on it and saying right. that it was worthy, you know? Right. Yes. And so, yes. and, and so it just, I think black women, we have, we are challenged every day with the reality that we have to kind of live up to this other person's standard, you know, mm. and navigate in this other person's world. And I just feel like, no, we don't, you know, like, yeah. and, and I kind of, and I kind of wanted to, to, step out and, 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 and encourage people to, to, to follow their own path, to do their own, to do it their own way and to do have their own journey and not be apologetic about that journey. Because I think that we're all very similar and all going through this same process, you know, and, and, and how are we going to find beauty in ourselves if we are so caught up in what this person over there is doing when they don't understand what we're even going through, you know, when they don't understand, you know, the, the 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 traumas and all of these things and all of these um they they can't understand it so we we have to make our own dialogue you know we have to make our own conversation we have to make our own standards you know there it's important that we we have that conversation it's important that we stop measuring ourselves against against something that we're not and and we won't be and and to find love and beauty and and and, and it's like the magic mm-hmm. right within within ourselves and whatever it is we're doing own that and and keep building on that
Herbal Essences believes in plant-based beauty. Their potent aloe collections are sulfate-free and paraben-free and instead infused with real botanicals with the indulgent scents you know and love. They are on a mission to bring the positive power of plants to keep hair beautiful and healthy with products you'll love using. We all know that winter can leave our curls feeling super dry. Herbal Essences' potent aloe and mango shampoo, conditioner, and curl cream work together to hydrate for moisturized, defined, and long-lasting curls. Herbal Essences' sustainably harvest potent aloe is uniquely certified by the plant experts at the Royal Botanic Gardens Q, and it provides extra moisture for your hair. These products are not only free from sulfates, parabens, and dyes, and certified PETA cruelty-free, but they are also full of naturally-derived ingredients for healthier, moisturized hair. Sound intriguing? Look for the Herbal Essences Potent Aloe Collections Green Bottle at food, drugstores, or mass retailers near you, or you can visit herbalessences.com to learn more. I just know that this book is going to touch so many young black girls. And I wish I had a black girl baking book sitting in the store when I was, you know, younger, because I, I didn't fall in love with food and cooking until I was in my early 20s. And my mom Mm -hmm. and I like she tried to show me like, how to cook. She was very much like measure this measure. You know, it was like, I want you to measure this and measure that and very by the book. Right. And I, I hated it. I'm like, I just want to (laughs) play. I just like, can we play? Can we have some fun in the kitchen? And she would kind of reprimand me like, you need to do this right. Or it's not going to taste right. And it was just not fun. Like I did not have a fun first time cooking experience, food experience with my mother, but I did have a fun experience in my early twenties with my friend Denisio. And she is a Liberian American woman who taught me how to play in the kitchen who told me I don't use recipes I feel my way around the kitchen I taste my way around the kitchen and I I sprinkle a little here and I sprinkle a little there and I add a little here and there and I I let my body and my tongue and my taste tell me when the dish is complete and I was like that is how I want to move through the kitchen and ever since then that is how I move through the kitchen and now as an almost 30 year old woman who's been playing in the kitchen for a little while. I mean, I'm no chef, but when I'm in the kitchen, I love tasting my way around. And if I do see a recipe that I like, I can tweak it to my own liking. Yes. And that is what is special to me about food and about people of color in the food space is that, yeah, there's a right way to do things. And of course there's a wrong way to do things, but there's also a love way to do things. And when you love what you're Mm -hmm. doing, and you're tasting what you're doing, you're feeling what you're doing, it can make magic. And Black Girl Baking is going to be that foundation for so many women coming after us, Jarrell, that you're not even going to believe it when, when you wake up one day and you're going to have messages and emails <laughs> and at book signings. Your, your book is already shifting and changing the narrative for us. And that is so special. And I just want to extend gratitude to you for creating this book the way you created it and um also you know I think it's really great that I want to talk about your partner too in a second that you are creating plant-based options as well 
So I love that your book is diverse in that way. Can you talk about how you met your love and when you started cooking for him and how that's shifted how you move around the kitchen because of him being vegetarian? Yeah, I mean, I think, well, we met when I was in Dallas Mm -hmm. and um, we were in the same neighborhood. And um, and, and when I met him, like, I, I knew one of the first things he told me was that he was a vegetarian. And I remember feeling just, just blown away by that because Mm -hmm. I think a black, seeing a black man, you know, like meeting a black man and, and, and it's just so rare that, that I see a black man that is thinking about his diet, you Mm -hmm. know, thinking about his diet and thinking about cutting meat from his diet Mm -hmm. because my dad was, is so, um, is so, it, 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 the meat is wrapped up in his masculinity, yeah. you know, wow. that, that, and, and his, uh, and his identity, you know, wow. like, I think a lot of black men associate, you know, their, these, these foods with, with who they are and how strong they are and how powerful they are. Mm. And so to find someone who was able to release that made me, made me see him as someone who was not ashamed of his, of, of his, of his sexuality, not ashamed of, you know, who he was. Like he was, he was just proudly who he was. And he mm. thought about his body and his health in, in, in this way that I, I sometimes thought about it too, you know? And it, it was just like wonderful to be able to have a conversation with a black man, with somebody that looked like me mm-hmm. a, a, about, about, you know, about extending our lives longer and about taking care of ourselves, you know, oh, and about. That is um, so dreamy. <laughs> Yeah, no, it, it was. It was really, and he was better at it than me at the time because I mean, I wasn't. I was. I used to be a vegan, but I was not a vegan when I moved to Dallas. Like mm-hmm. I wanted to eat everything, you know, yeah. and I didn't want to limit myself to anything because I felt like I wanted to learn and write this blog and all this stuff. And and uh, this is when I finally started to be able to shop for my own ingredients because I used to be a college student and I, you know, was on a meal plan. Yeah. <laughs> I was really exploring and I didn't want to be limited, but then I met him and, you know, I saw the way that he was eating and it was, it, it was very plain to me. You know what I mean? <laughs> like it was very, um, like he had like three staples that he would recycle through all the time. Mm-hmm. And I was, I was just thinking, you know, like he ate specifically for nutritional, you know, content, you know, he ate specifically just for, you know, like, uh, like protein and things like this, because this is is how he thought about his body. And I was so wrapped up in how things tasted, you know, like I wanted, you know, to bring this, you know, like experience to the table. Mm -hmm. And, um, I didn't care about how many calories something had. Right. And so there was that, that tension. It wasn't, it wasn't necessarily a tension, but there was that conversation, you right. know, where it's just right. like, well, why, <laughs> why don't you like sweets? And like, why don't you eat these things? And like, let me, let me show you what I know. Mm-hmm. And so there was that, that, I don't know, like he was fascinated, you know, like by, by the way that I could take something that was just plants and vegetables and make it something that he was excited to eat. And I loved that challenge. Yeah. And so it just became something, something that we shared, you know, like I, I would, I would, you know, go into the kitchen and, and, and just like be free in there mm-hmm. and come out with something that he, you know, it, it just transformed from what his typical, you know, version of that 
might have been, and 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 it was and it was fun. What is I don't know, his I, favorite I, meal that you cook? His favorite plant based meal. Oh my gosh, you gotta ask him. <laughs> what is your favorite plant based meal that you cook for him? Well, he really likes like I, I like he gets super excited about um about breakfast. Like yes. I would I used to make like migas and like you know a lot of Tex Mex things because mm-hmm. that was kind of how we bonded to like guacamole. <laughs> it's, not, it's very simple, but yes. it's like you get the right ingredients and you make it taste, you know, like you, you play with it until it's the right balance of everything, like the right lime, lime amount and all of that. And, and, and you just make it, it feel pretty, good. Simple to please. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's just about, you know, like you have to have the texture, like I put pumpkin seeds on it or maybe, Ooh. you know, just some balsamic like a, a reduced balsamic vinaigrette and, and that gives it like a nice tang and um, then like crunchy raw onions. Girl, just... that sounds amazing. That sounds good. I'm taking notes. <laughs> I'm taking notes. Um, okay. So we're going to wrap up here in a second, but I want to circle back to um, two things. What brings you peace in the kitchen when you're cooking for yourself? cooking just for yourself and what does your self-care look like when you've had a really hard day but you want to fill yourself up with some good food oh those are really good questions um so my at, at, at the end of a day at the end of the day um i love crushed tomatoes like like crushed peeled tomatoes um, simmered with you, you cut a, a white onion and uh, you, you can leave the, the roots on it um, but just remove the, the skin um, cut a right white a white onion in quarters um, and then add a couple of uh, either olive oil or a couple tablespoons of butter and salt crushed red pepper flakes and and letting that simmer for for a while and then folding that into almost a little bit overcooked, not al dente. I, I'm not too fond of al dente pasta, but, but uh, fold that into uh, the sauce and kind of let that boil a little bit so that the sauce, um, so that the noodles absorb um, the sauce. Mm-hmm. And then that, like that, just really simple. I think pasta is, is a comfort. Um, it's something that you could just put on the, put on the stove and, and it cooks itself, you know, like it, you don't have to think too hard about it and, and you can go and, and like take a bath. I take baths all the time. So if I put that on the, on the oven, if I put that on the stove top, then I go and I, um, take a bath and like have a glass of wine and literally soak for like an hour while that's working <laughs> and then fold it together. It's just simple. Like I like simple things yeah. and, and the ingredients that you use are important, you know, the quality of them. And then, and then how much love and anticipation there is for it, I guess. Yes. No, I like that. I like that word anticipation. I like that. And then for your other question, what does, Um, what does self-care look like in the kitchen for you when you've had a hard day? I know you mentioned, you know, kneading bread was something that um, made you feel in touch with yourself, with your body. It helped you release anger is there anything else that you do in the kitchen that brings you peace and calm? Yeah, I mean, I, I like while 
kneading bread is is wonderful and I think it's it's a practice and I, and I decide this is what I want to do because this is how I feel. I think a lot of times when I do enter the kitchen space, I'm I'm inspired. You know, mm. like I I don't usually I don't always enter it angry. You know, lately right. I've been inspired and excited. And so I it it looks like me literally thinking of an idea, like I write it down and I say, this would taste so great. It sounds really great. I love the way that it rolls off my tongue Mm -hmm. and I can imagine all of the colors in it or all of the layers. And so it's, 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 it's almost like building, building a piece, you know, it's, it's like as if I was approaching a painting, you Mm -hmm. know, like, let me gather my ingredients or imagine what I want it to feel like. And and I hold that, you know, I hold that before I go in there and I think this is going to be wonderful. And then it's just a matter of, pulling all the right colors, you know, or essentially the right ingredients together. And and it looks crazy. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I'm literally flying through the kitchen, <laughs> you know, just grabbing pots and pans and, and it could be a catastrophe, you know, but, and then I'm like, what did I do with this needs something creamy? Let me grab. And then I'm mm-hmm. underneath the cabinets and I'm in everything. And, and, and it's, and it's, and it's a beautiful mess, but you know, like it's, it is that it is like me making this concoction where I like, I have my little rules. I know, oh, well, this bread needs a leavener and what will be my leavener and, you know, like these kind of substitution things. But ultimately it's about feeling, right? It's about like having this rhythm, working through it, thinking, oh, I need this, like at the, at, 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 the, at a moment's notice. And then I grab, you know, like a spice or something like this. And I don't know what it is. It's playing. I'm completely the whole process is playing mm-hmm. and I'm happy. And that, I think that happiness that it generates in me is my therapy, you know, mm. that like not caring about anything, not caring about how messy something is or like, you know, having put out all of my ingredients in the beginning, you know, like how they say, oh, you know, set out your ingredients, measure everything in the beginning. Yeah. I, there's none of that that happens here. <laughs> while, while I tell people to do that because I, because as a teacher, you know, I, I understand that maybe people aren't there yet. And yeah. I, I want people to have, I, I don't want people to get so caught up and like stressed out before they even have a good time. Yeah. So I, I do say, you know, like if, if it will make your process easier and funner, like have everything measured, you know, and then get lost in the process. But my process is, is, is a beautiful mess, I think. And, and I think, I mean, I, I wish that everybody's process was like that because it is like, it's fun. Like you, you really don't care, you right. know, and you don't, you're, you're not caring about the way that the product ends because you went in with this intention to have fun. You went in with this intention to make something. And while you might fail at making it, you still, there's, you almost challenged to try it again. You're like, okay, I see it. I see that this didn't rise well, this didn't happen. And you're not so sad about it because you had so much fun doing it. And now you know how to go forward the next time. And, and, and usually I think that that eliminates a lot of like, um, recipe testing time because you're, you're trusting your body the whole time. You're kind of trusting this rhythm. You're trusting, oh, your tastes, you know, and, and your imagination too. And I think all of that wrapped in is is the therapy itself. So cheers yeah. to playing in the kitchen. That's a great way to end. <laughs> <laughs> that is awesome. Cheers. cheers. <laughs> um, before we go, please let 
everybody know where they can find you online and where they can buy your new book. You can you can find me on Instagram at chocolate for basil. Uh, and my website is chocolateforbasil.com. Uh, Black Girl Baking is available wherever books are sold. Oh, my goodness. Jarrell, thank you so much for being on the show thank with me. This was wonderful. Oh, I'm so happy. You're awesome. <laughs> you're awesome. awesome. Well, Love everything you're doing. Thank you. Thank you. And we will, we will talk soon. Good luck with everything. Hey Girl is a member of the District Productive Network. Produced by Jamie Benson and me, Alex L. Music provided by DC's own Kokai. Kokai.